everybody. Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having inside the agency. I'm Peter Ujicic, Head of Technology at Situation. And today I have three very special guests with me here in Situation Studios. Uh, gosh, where to begin? Uh, first, we have our regular to those listeners uh, who will always remember her, Jordan Person, our Director of New Business. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Happy to have you here. Uh, making her second appearance on the podcast, we have our Executive Director of Project Management, Jackie Lau. Jackie, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming back. I love this topic. Oh, <laughs> getting can't wait to get right into it. I, I'm very interested, too. And we have uh, a first-timer on the podcast, uh, one of our senior interactive producers, Kevin Fitzpatrick. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being willing. I, I can't think of three more people apt to talk about uh, today's topic. And uh, b- before we jump right into it, I will I will fully admit, uh, you know, we plan to talk about work-life balance in the podcast today. And uh, I will admit that if I came across a podcast in my feed that said, this was going to be a discussion about work-life balance, I would be very tempted to skip it. I hope that you, our, our faithful listeners, don't do that because we're really going to try to make this interesting. We're going to try to dig into it in a way where we hopefully touch on some things that aren't the obvious or aren't what everybody's saying and, you know, oh, it's just important to have work-life balance. It, it absolutely is, but I really want to, with with this crew of people in the conversation, hopefully we'll, we'll take it someplace different. And you, our listeners, will let us know if we did that. Um, so to kick it off, three very, very busy people, uh, on the other side of the mics here in the studio today, I just want to go, uh, back around and can you, uh, for those of you who haven't, for those of our listeners who haven't heard you guys on the podcast before, Jordan, can you briefly tell us what it is you do at Situation? Sure. Yeah. So my role is really to kind of nurture new client relationships for us. So going out there and finding new clients and um, kind of promoting the work that we do to uh, help uh, people out in the world understand why they might want to work with us. Um, so that's really what I'm focused on on a day-to-day. So kind of nurturing people who um, we might have a cold relationship with, uh, all the way to continuing to build uh, some of the relationships that we have um, who we're much closer to and who are, are working with us on an ongoing basis. Great. Thank you for that. Jackie, uh, what is it that you do here at Situation? So I oversee uh, essentially all of the billable work that happens within the agency as it relates to the production team, making sure that we have the resources needed, that things are happening on time and on budget, which is really overseeing the project management team specifically. Um, So it's just a lot of uh, juggling and different roles, overseeing different people uh, to make sure that all the work is getting done. (laughs) And Kevin, you are a member of that team uh, that mm-hmm. works very closely with Jackie. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what it is that an interact- a senior interactive producer does? Well, I have the great fortune of working on some of on most most of the larger websites that we do here. Most of the experimental stuff, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so a lot of my work involves managing the timeline, managing the budget, and working with the design and development teams to get the projects done on what is often a very tight timeline. And, and I think one, one common thread amongst all of you guys, and the reason that I, I thought it would be great to have you in as part of this conversation where we're talking about work-life balance and the onslaught of constant new work coming into the pipeline, is that uh, you're, you know, the, the work that you do, whether it's new business or, or making sure projects keep going, 
it kind of seems to me like it never ends. It kind of seems to me like there's always more stuff in the pipeline that just keeps coming. There's always a new client relationship to establish. There's always another project to keep ushering through. And, uh, you know, it, does, does it, does it feel that way to you guys? Does it, does it feel like the, you know, the, the another bus is just going to come along even after a great success or a great new relationship has started. It's just kind of going back to, to start that all over again. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's, it's interesting because you come down from this high of launching and Kevin really feels this in his role. I'm sure coming mm-hmm. off of this high of working, you know, nonstop to get something launched and literally in one week, sometimes he has to do that three times. So mm-hmm. there's not that moment to just kind of like breathe. It's like, nope, we gotta go. Right. So I, I remember one when I was early in my professional career, uh, a, a coworker of mine told me to not not work so hard because the only reward for doing a job well is that somebody's going to expect you to do it again, <laughs> uh, which I, I bristled at. I still bristle at on some level. I don't think that's the attitude I want to embody. But on some level, uh, it, it's true. Uh, so so thinking about that in the, conce- the context of balance and making sure that you find the mental energy to keep coming back to the grindstone, to, to, to tackle new projects, to start over again? And how do you find the energy to kind of come back to the machine uh, and, and keep yourself energized by it? Well, I think I come to this in a very different way. Being a manager of a team, it's so important to me. And I know this sounds cliche, but one of the top, my top concerns as a manager is making sure everyone on my team has a healthy work-life balance. And I take that very, very seriously. We have office hours every single week where I literally will ask, how's your work-life balance? What can we do to help? And I think what people don't realize is that it is a two-way street and that we can give you a toolbox to help you achieve that. But there's so much Uh, reflection internally, things that you have to accept about yourself and helping uh, employees work through what those are and help them utilize the tools that Damien is so kind to offer to figure out what works for each individual person. And that is a very difficult thing to do. So it is not just as black and white. For example, (laughs) the idea of unlimited vacation terrifies me. I don't want to go on vacation and be expected to check my email once a day. I want to go on vacation and my team to know, well, A, for me to trust my team that they've got my back and to know I'm not checking my email. And if you need me, please, please text me. Mm -hmm. But some people would love unlimited vacation and they're cool with checking their email. I get anxiety when I open my email. So it's just acknowledging that it isn't one size fits all, that it is a toolbox. And as managers, really working with individual team members to make sure that the team member knows where they're going to be challenged interpersonally, helping them overcome those challenges, and really working with management of the company to help give them the tools they need to be successful. It's well, so important. There, I mean, you've really touched on a lot of a lot of things that I think uh, are hopefully we can probe in this conversation a lot of really great kind of uh, observations and and I think re- I really appreciate the fact that you see it from both sides you both see it as maintaining your own work life balance but then really needing to think about it as a manager and as a a person who needs to knows that a big part of your job is making sure we have resources we have the right parts of the machine to do everything that we promised that we're going to do. Kevin, you you also, as a part of the project management team, 
um, have to be thinking about, you know, uh, how the resources that you're personally responsible for, for uh, working directly with um, have that balance, but, but, but also are performing to where you need them to perform. On some level, wouldn't you love to have a team full of workaholics who worked, you know, all through the day, all through the night, checked their emails, were super responsive? Or, or is that really just only a short-term solution that's not sustainable? It's a short-term solution that's not sustainable for sure. I think, I mean, I know for myself, right, that, I, you know, I check my email a lot. I actually don't mind checking my email when I'm on vacation, so I'm probably a little bit different from Jackie. Everybody's different. They really are. So, I mean, since I've been in the workforce, I've understood that, you know, the world is no longer the nine-to-five factory job. You are here, you know, our company gets business sporadically. We get a big project, has to be done in three weeks, has to be done in three months or whatever it is that has to be done. That's the way you got to work and you have to adjust to that kind of working environment. That's what I've realized. And I also realize that there are concessions that you can take off, you know, after that big project is done. I mean, I don't think anything goes 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Sure, you're going to be getting things, but there are patches of time that you can take off. Yeah. The same goes for any developers that you work with. I think they – and hopefully feel or keep that kind of same attitude that we're going to get through this project and maybe I could take a little bit of time off. And I think with freelancers especially, that's the case with them. I think they're used to that kind of lifestyle. They're used to kind of being on for who knows like you know seven days and working through everything and then you know taking three days off and going to the beach or having like a big vacation or taking a week off and going to Paris. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what their lifestyle is. But a lot of times freelancers like to kind of live that kind of lifestyle. Um, you know, who people who work here, you know, are developers who work here. I think they might might just take three days off if they work seven days a week. Right. Um, and the expectation there is I, you know, and to stick with developers and maybe designers too, and you guys can let me know if this is true, but, you know, they, they see their, or, or they seem to like to work in spurts of focused activity where they're really pushing to get a project done. But then when they're done with that project, they kind of need that uh, isolation where they do kind of completely check out. Jackie, like you were talking about, where they purposely are going to say, you know what, I'm not going to be checking email for a week. I'm going to give you everything I have for this week, but then next week I'm out. Yes. It's funny you say that. I have a freelancer who I love, Grant. I hope you're listening. Um, But he is in the Catskills right now and he's like, I'm picking mint and I'm reading poetry and I do not have a TV. I do not have the internet. I have nothing. So good luck. And I'll talk to you as soon as I get back and I'll work really, really hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it is actually very common. And I can speak to the flip side of that. Um, I have worked with developers for a long time and and a previous employer, I won't mention any names, but I have been on conference calls at night, almost in the middle of the night, where developers have literally flaked. They started speaking in tongues and literally I've seen it twice where people can't take the hours. And so that has such a cost, not only on that project, but on the agency as a whole, that I go, I don't call in favors hardly ever. And developers that work with us know if we're calling on them to do something like that, we have exhausted all options because we try not to abuse that. Once you earn a reputation of being a sweatshop with advertising and as a small world, it's very difficult to recruit good talent. And I think we take that very, very seriously, both in design, 
development, project management. It's a very, it's a very fine line. Well, I, I think so that you talked about reputation. Uh, you know, I think when people think of law firms, you know, you know, new lawyers fresh out of law school who work at a law firm, you know, my friends of mine that I know who, who have been in that position say that like for the first few years, you just, you expect those 80 hour weeks, you expect the grind and you have to kind of make your bones and, and kind of get through it to the other side. Uh, is, is, do you think that that culture is changing? I, I agree with you. It's not something we, we try to advocate here. There is a certain reality to agency life. And to go back to Kevin's point, you know, our, our type of clients tend to have their biggest moments, sometimes nights, weekends, and holidays. If you think about our, our whether it's a TV show that's premiering or a show on Broadway, you know, their busiest time is when everybody else has free time. Uh, because they're enjoying that. So that means by definition, we kind of have to be on deck for that. Have, how do we balance that reality with, with what you were just saying, Jackie, about not wanting be, to be perceived as a sweatshop? Yeah, I think really that comes with uh, offering additional perks, really making employees feel like we understand that and, and we're going to reward you in these ways. Or when you're here, um, we're going to give you flexibility. You know, I've got somebody on my team who's like, I really want to take an afternoon tap class. And I'm, she's like, I, I'm here all the time. I feel like I can't exercise. I'm like, Lock yourself out, talk to the team, go take a tap class. If it, if it makes you better, if you can do that thing that would normally take you three hours in one hour because you're energized, that's a win for everybody. So it's really finding those flexible moments um, and giving those to the team so that when we do ask them to do the things late at night or on the weekend, it's like, okay, no big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really important. Jordan, can you remind our listeners the perk, speaking of perks, that Damien promised you in our earlier episode of Inside Situation. Yes. And can you let us know whether or not it has materialized? Yes. Damien, if you're listening, <laughs> you Damien promised, for those of you who listened, when we did have a full episode on perks, which was a great episode. I encourage you to go listen to it. Um, that And in it, he promised that he would fulfill a, a request that I had, which was to be able to bring my dog to work. I don't have a dog, but I would love to get a dog, and I can only get a dog if I can bring it to work, because otherwise, because I don't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I feel like I backed dog, myself in a corner because I was going to say I'm not home enough, because <laughs> I'm at work. <laughs> well, well, let's, let's, I, here's hoping that you get the dog, your dog can come into my office anytime your Thank dog you, wants. Thank you, Peter. Um, I wonder if Damien will let him into his office. <laughs> <laughs> but but touch on it from a, a different perspective, mm-hmm. from, from the new business perspective. You, I mean, on some level, kind of that law firm, that new, new person at a law firm mentality, uh, if you were to work yourself ridiculously crazy hours, one would imagine the end result would be we would just have more and more new business, new business leads. How do you focus yourself on on number one, not burning out, and number two, knowing how to uh, know what to chase after? What's a promising lead? You know, I'm sure that that there's got to be an instinct or an intuition. How do you how do you negotiate that as as pretty much the the head of that process here? Yeah, well, I think to take a step back, I think within an organization, there's an analogy that could be made almost to athleticism in the sense that. 
if you look at like we're heading into the Olympics, like uh, track and field, some people are sprinters and some people are marathon runners. And there's no uh, one is not better than the other. It's truly just a different form of athleticism. And, you know, just like when Kevin and Jackie were talking about kind of that recovery period that developer needs, you know, after they've gone through the sprint of a crazy build and truly, you know, just like an athlete, you literally, your muscles have to recover from that. And, you know, that's different for a marathon runner or something. I, I think if I had to put myself in one of those two buckets, I would probably say more of a marathon runner in the sense, because there is something about, um, there, there's an ongoing churn that is just a reality of the role and kind of the, um, the, 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 the idea that, you know, when I go on vacation, for example, uh, they're not to say that people of course, aren't as helpful as more than helpful than they need to be when I'm away. There's not really anyone I can turn to, to say like, Hey, can you do this while I'm gone? You know, uh, like in other words, things aren't necessarily pushing forward when I'm away. So, um, on the flip side of Jackie, I would actually love unlimited vacation because a lot of times in, in, on my current vacation days, I am working and not in a way that makes that, that is, um, well, my mom says it's unhealthy, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, I am working. And, and, and part of that is also because I think sometimes there's a hard, um, and this kind of speaks to what you're talking about, where is it, you know, when we kind of kicked things off, Sometimes it's really hard to split the personal and professional sometimes, especially when you love your job and when you're passionate about what you do and you are personally satisfied by the work that you do. That's when, to me, I feel like that's where, at least me personally, I struggle to find balance is because personally, I'm very invested in what I do. Personally, I'm very invested in the agency and the work that we do and driving success for the agency. So sometimes that's what I, I, (laughs) the the line is very blurred and it can be really hard to feel like, oh, is this, you know. um, I think that's pretty common. That, That came up when we talked with Mark and Steph about the blurred lines between social media. Yeah. You know, now everybody's not only coworkers, but they're all connected on social. They know what one another are doing on the weekends. Uh, And, you know, the flip side of that is the, okay, and on some level, am I always at work? I'm Mm -hmm. always in contact with my coworkers. So, uh, you know, know, I think those lines are definitely blurring. We have, so, and we have things like the unlimited work from home days and, and, you know, expanded vacation and the ability to take tap classes in the afternoon, as long as we're getting our stuff done. So Jackie, do you feel the, your, your preferred method or, or I don't know if it's your preferred method, but I, I think the idea of just shutting off and, and disconnecting completely when you're on your vacation or away, is that an endangered species? Is the expectation going to be that we all should be, you don't necessarily have to work on your vacation, but we all have to kind of monitor what's happening. Yeah. uh, Before we go talk about that, I do want to talk about Jordan's marathon comment because it hits home in my heart, Peter. (laughs) And you will know this because I reported to you uh, probably the first couple of years I was here and I was working 24 seven and I was in your office, you know, stressed all the time. And I know you remember this about me. So I started in a place where I really, really struggled with this as an individual, and I didn't think I could make it. I was just so stressed out in this marathon, and I said, okay, I'll give myself six more months. I'll give myself – and what I found, um, you know, it's really just – 
we're all kind of, you know, we're in new roles, we're growing. And so it's really establishing that team, establishing that trust. And when I went on maternity leave, that was really a turning point for me uh, because I was gone for 12 weeks and my team stepped up in ways I could not even have imagined. They stepped up in ways that they probably couldn't even have imagined. And when I came back, I was terrified of where I fit. Um, but we all kind of fell into our places. And I feel like that was the defining moment for me on my marathon to getting to a place where I could finally bring balance uh, because there's just this level of trust that I can't explain. And, it, and and I've been here now long enough, six years, to really trust the team. And I think they trust me and we have each other's backs, uh, you know, when one is burning out and or whatever. So I just, it, I really, your point about marathon soup is really resonates with me. And I know, Peter, you remember that time. So. I do. I, I very vividly remember that time. And I'm, I'm, I wasn't necessarily going to bring that up, but I'm glad you shared it. No, 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 because I, I, I wanted to. To, but I didn't want to if you didn't want to yeah. talk about it because I it is something that I very vividly remember and uh, I I remember feeling a little bit helpless in how I could help you right uh, and and but really wanting to you know wanting to, you know to really commit to finding a way to help you do that and uh, you know I as a control freak and a fixer my desire is just to go in and make it better and I I think one of the things uh that that everyone who is here and survives for a while at situation, at some point they do recognize that ownership of saying, this is never going to change. The work, the clients are very likely not going to change the way they behave. Our commitment to how we, you know, our, our standard for getting work out and how we work with clients is not going to change. So the option is I can change. Mm-hmm. I can take ownership and I can figure out a way to to make that change. And I'm so glad. Uh, I don't take any of the credit for it at all. You found that. You discovered it for yourself, how you could adapt to uh, to making yourself not feel like you were going to burn out. And I think this goes back to that that ownership idea that you talked about a little while ago, that I think every time I have managed someone who I see going into the red, I really do try to uh, try to help them in a way that makes sense, mm-hmm. but also really to have them hear that you have to turn a corner in your mind. If, and if you don't, you are, you, this is going to sound not the way I want to say it, but you are complicit mm-hmm. in your own doom on yeah. some level. But, and, and I think that we, and I remember feeling that way yeah. uh, in, in other jobs. And, you know, when I was coming up, I absolutely remember feeling so burnt out and so uh, resentful, uh, you know, and just in that dark place. And we all know when we get there and, and you can, if you have a good supervisor or a good boss or a good company owner like Damien, he will absolutely listen intently to try and help you. But you, he recognizes that you are also your own deliverance on some Uh, level. 100%. And, and I think that's what keeps people going in the marathon because we're going to have those moments. But it's knowing that leadership is really committed to making it better and just getting you to hold on a little longer. Run that extra right. mile. We'll get there. We'll get there. And we do get there. Mm-hmm. But you do have to be somebody who's up for it. Um, so that's that's important. To your question about uh, is the world going to a place where we never shut off, I mean, 
I could debate this. We've seen it. We went there as a world. And now a lot of countries are really scaling back and saying, no, we don't want our workforce checking emails on the weekends. We don't want people checking their emails at night and really getting behind this idea. So I can't, I'm not 100% convinced that it is going to go that direction. The lines are definitely blurred. um, And we're definitely way more in touch than we were in the 80s. Uh, with text messaging and everything else. But I I don't think that there should ever be an expectation that we're not allowed ever to check out. We have to be allowed to check out. You know, what's so funny is I had, I have a friend who who, who had a friend that was a lawyer and he, for some reason, this was like the weirdest thing, but he was not allowed to check email outside of work Mm. because of security reasons. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's kind of a blessing. (laughs) That he's not allowed to check email outside of work because of security reasons. And I thought that was like the most interesting thing. And I was just like, that seems like it's like he's living two decades ago. Well, and now there's there's legislation that's just about to take effect uh, where, you know, certain, you know, overtime provisions is is also part of it. So a consequence of never being able to, you know, of, of fostering a sense that you should always be checking your email now, depending on what your salary is. You may have to be. You may be eligible for overtime. So it's. Uh, it. I think a lot of people are dealing with this situation now. They. 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 For all the the kind of feel good reasons, they want to encourage uh, balance, but also for financial reasons, there's an incentive to say no, no. You. You just. Uh, you know, shut off. Turn. You know, turn off and don't connect, and we don't want you to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I. I think you know, the one thing that you you talked about, Jordan. Uh, that I would want to hear about from from uh, Kevin and Jackie, I think as project managers or part of the project management team, um, I, you all absolutely have your different strengths. And I think, Jackie, you do a great job of, of promoting that. But on some level, there is crossover between the roles that you guys do on a given project. You watch the resources, you watch the budget, you watch the timelines, you make sure that the projects keep moving. And I think on some level, you have a little bit of built-in backup for one another. Well, I think you, I think your team does it really well when you are, when one of you are on vacation. It's a little easier for you guys to slot in, at least in the short term, to make sure something keeps moving. But there are absolutely roles in this agency that are not like that. So I, I wonder if, if how important is having a backup or having someone know how to kind of fundamentally do what you do is to the concept of, of work-life balance. I, I mean, I think it's huge, obviously. <laughs> if there's nobody that could do what you can do, then you're always going to be stuck doing it. I mean, it's also your responsibility to advocate to have somebody else like that here, mm. uh, to have somebody else like that here and to train them. It's in your best interest to to make sure that happens. And if that doesn't happen, then it's, you know, I guess for the meantime, you are, you're stuck being in the marathon. Do you think some people find that threatening? I, and I agree with you, but, but I think there are, we all know those people who want to be the invaluable person on the team that is, is unreplaceable, but, but that comes at a cost. Uh, so we're all dealing with our own egos and our own sense of pride and our own realities. Uh, you know, the, the reality is, I'm sure, Jordan, you would love a team of five to, to focus on what you're doing. Uh, but that's you, you, you are working in a much more singular capacity than, than the, say, Jack or Kevin are. Totally. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense, you know, for an agency of our size to have five people who do what we do 
there, yeah, it would just it just wouldn't make sense. Right. Yeah. So so by virtue of the fact that you, I you know I think the grass is always greener. I bet somebody. Uh, I bet some people would look at your role, rightfully so, and say, wow, that's a great position. But then to understand that with that speciality, with that specialization that you have, um, it can kind of be lonely and, and then you're on the hook. I think Damien has done a good job of uh, making, you know, there's of, of making sure that his team is empowered. But on some level, there are certain roles here that can only be fulfilled in the same way. Now, I, I think the reality, like you mentioned before, when you went on maternity leave, Jackie, is sometimes you have to figure out what you're going to do. And it's just there. It just happens. I, when I first started here, I inherited two teams. I had two weeks with Maria, who was about to have her first child. And I just had to jump in and, and figure it out. And I like, I you know, there is... Did I do in my first three to six months as good a job as she had done? Probably not. But I feel like eventually we got to a point where where we, we were able to make that work. And I, I do think that, uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's something that I, as an agency, I think it'd be interesting for us to continue to have the conversation about, um, you know, for God forbid you have health reasons or whatever that somebody is suddenly out of the picture. How do we, how do we keep keep the continuity going? I think it's also... There's there's something about you know um, when you're in an when you're in an organization like us that's you know we're leanly staffed there's not a lot of fat on the bone and I think there, there's a lot of really good things there's obviously there's a lot there can be a lot of frustration points that we have to work through and there's a lot of things that we as an organization have access to that help ease that but I think you know there are actually a lot of really good things about it I mean and I think one of them is there is kind of the what it does to foster a team because i think um when there when everyone's uh, you know plate is stacked really high it does offer the opportunity for you to connect with your coworkers in a really satisfying way because ultimately you are you, when you see someone extend their hand to you and when you see someone jump in to help you it makes the whole thing a generally more fun and b just more satisfying and and you're just connecting with people in a deeper way and i think that's also you know it's part of i would say that's a perk of working here too is that you know you are tapping into and and joining this community that um you 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 know when our tentacles get around you it can it can be tough to get out sometimes <laughs> in a good way you know it's like you're like in it and people are there to support you and that is it doesn't matter if they're your your perceived backup or not they yeah. they are your backup yeah. well and people you know? i think there's a certain amount of look we're all human beings that want to be valued and want to be seen use this metaphor on the podcast before you want to be that person we all want to be that person that if you're not in the room and a meeting's happening somebody says hey where is that person we need their voice here we 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 will we miss not having that person we all want that on some level and i think that there is you know that that's I think if we did just see ourselves as a replaceable cog in a machine, that wouldn't be very fulfilling either. So it's a part of our job satisfaction, the sense that we get out of how proud we are to do our job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, I think one of the things you get here is the idea that, you know, you're not just like employee number X, you know, you, you're a whole person. And, you know, though, yes, we have policies in place that, you know, and we have a handbook that's written in black and white, but at the same time, there's so much flexibility and there's a continuum kind of for everything. And it is kind of dependent upon the person and dependent upon what that person's needs are and how to kind of craft a solution 
for them that like Jackie, I think the example you gave of the tap class is so great because it truly is about, you know, how can we get everyone's balance is different. And so how can we help balance this person, you know, mm-hmm. in the most efficient way that drives value both for the agency, but also for the the, the human being? Yeah. Jackie and Kevin, uh, and, and this will be, I think, our last question before we wrap up. Uh, since I've known, since I've worked with, with you guys, you've both become parents. Can you talk a little, I think, I think I know, knew you, Kevin, before Will was born. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's so, been years. <laughs> uh, so can you, are there differences kind of pre-child and post-child in your approach to work-life balance? I mean, uh, that's probably a stupid question. But but can you can you talk a little bit about the shifts that you made mentally or or in reality that that happened with that? Well, I'm going to say I'm very lucky to work here at Situation, you know, and have this kind of you know and have a kid here. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely been shifts in my work life balance, and it's great that Situation has accommodated those shifts that I've had in my work life balance. Uh, I definitely probably living life a little bit more on the earlier side nowadays, and especially <laughs> when they were. When when Will was first born, uh, you're going to be up early in the morning. You're going to be, uh, you know, you got to be home earlier. You got to be able to take care of them uh, at those different times. And I know a lot of parents that live in my neighborhood also that still have jobs where you know where the the, the dominant part of people there are staying late. Mm. And if they leave early, there's resentment, even though they could get there at seven o'clock in the morning. Right. Uh, so it's hard being a parent anywhere. Uh, and achieving work-life balance because there still is that thing where, you know, people want to come into work at 9.30 or 10 and then they'll stay till 7 or 8 o'clock at night when a parent sometimes has to leave at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock because they have to go home and take care of their children. And, um, you know, my neighbor, just for example, I'm going to say I'm not going to name her name or name his name, but uh, I'm going to say that they, they feel that, you know, even at their jobs, they have to stay later because that's the expectation. Right. Even though they're not doing much, <laughs> but they're staying there because it's expected to stay there. Not they don't necessarily have to. Right. Uh, it's just to achieve PR. Do Do you ever feel compelled, Kevin? To and and I think you do this naturally. But I know when you at nights, weekends, you will constantly check in via email, continue to kind of make sure things are moving. Do you feel compelled to do that? Because you may have to leave earlier in the day, do you feel a, a compulsion to have to say, just so you guys know, I'm still on it, I'm still working, and here's an email? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't feel a compulsion to do send an email at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, but I, I do definitely feel, you know, I like what I do. So I'm not, I'm not exactly, it's the same way you feel, Jordan. I, I, I don't, like me checking my emails just like a second nature to me, right. which is not a, probably a good thing. Uh, you know, sometimes I do want to disconnect, especially yeah. when I'm on vacation and kind of leave it alone. But I think, it, you know, at night when I go home, it's like a second nature to me just to look at my email and respond if anybody needs something. Right. Um, I do realize that, yeah, I could I have to leave early sometimes and I have to do different things. But I, I think it all kind of is just part of the modern world, in my opinion, you know, that everybody has things to do. Work is not just nine to five anymore. It, it's it's kind of all over the place. But but when you like what you do, when you like what you do, and, it's, and when it's you good. Don't, when you don't interpret getting an email uh, late at night as you know something that crushes your soul, you mm-hmm. you have an idea of how to deal with it. You're like mm-hmm. I'll check it if there's something I can do 
I will do it. I but, mean, my job is in the sense where I kind of, being a project manager or an interactive producer, you are a lot of times passing things along. Mm. It's really more the job of the people that actually have to really do something that might take one or two hours that you're probably like staying away from your email. Uh, but yeah, it's a different perspective for everybody. Interesting. So there's actually an article in the New York Times just recently that was huge about the importance of liking what you do. And it is because today in today's world, you are going to have to like what you do, you mm-hmm. know, no matter what. And it, I also think it's just about competition. Like we live in a world today where things are incredibly competitive. And if you don't, I, I've always thought this, if you don't love what you do, someone's always going to be better than you at it. You know, like in other words, like that is an intangible that I think affects performance in a way that, you know, it doesn't matter how long you're working if somebody else is working less but they love it, they're probably going to be more successful. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll even take it back to like a time when I first started here and there was a gentleman working here that, you know, eventually not working here anymore. But uh, he would stay till 11 o'clock at night and he would come in the next day and be like, I was here till 11 o'clock at night. I was here. And, but there was no tangibles for what mm-hmm. he did. And I used to say to myself, like, why? But he just wanted to come in and brag that he was working till 11 o'clock at night and make everybody else feel bad for he was, him. He was a professional martyr. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I don't even know yeah, who he's talking and, about. And, but yeah. No, no. And I'm, I'm not mentioning any names, but there are people like that. And it's just like, but I would be like, oh, so is this all done now? No, no, no. It's oh, so much work to do. Mm. You know, and it's just, you know, I, I don't know. It's yeah. it's hard. No, I think we all it, know those. We all know those people from our career. You should yeah. mention <laughs> names and then we'll bleep them out. No, I'm not going to mention names. When you've been in the workforce for long enough, you, you come it's across all different world, garbage, right? And technology is imperfect. People can unscramble anything. Yeah, uh, Jackie, did, did anything that that you would want to join in for uh, from either a parent perspective or just any. I mean, the big thing for me <clears throat> is really getting at least an hour in the evenings where I am, when I look at my son, I am all about my son. I'm not thinking about what I need to do for work or what somebody needs from me. So I have that hour. But people here, I hope, and Kevin has done an awesome job at, at paving the way for this. They know that if they've sent me an email or a text, because Jordan and I like to text. We also um, Snapchat. And we Snapchat. Uh, that that they will get a really thoughtful response. It just won't be within that hour that I really, I just feel like it's so important. And I feel that way when I'm at work. When I'm at work, I am working. I mean, yeah. I, I am at my computer doing something all day long. So I, I just really believe in being present and, and making sure that I can accommodate that for myself. Uh, that's what defines work-life balance for me. Um, and I, I hope that as I've evolved with that, that people know that they can count on me uh, at specific times, that I'm not going to let them down, they're not going to miss their deadline, that, that I'm going to keep things moving, and, and that I'll be thoughtful in what I have to say. Well, um, so. I, for one, know that I can definitely count on all three of you guys. Uh, thank you really so much. I know you're all busy, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on another episode of the podcast. Um, to our listeners, if you want to take time from your busy schedule to talk to us, please send us an email to podcast at situation.myc. Uh, really appreciate all of your comments and your feedback and suggestion on topics for the podcast. Uh, Jordan, Jackie, Kevin, thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye.